Hello, everybody, and welcome to our coffee talk today. I'm Henrike von Platen, and I'm talking with Margaret Gersensetter. <laughs> with a beautiful green cup today. So yeah, it's, it's, my, it's my DTU cup, actually, that they gave me. So, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, let's see what people think when they watch this in 10 years' time, our vintage coffee cups. I have uh, some questions for you today, Margaret. So sure. Let's do it a bit different because on March 17th, that's not that long ago, there were these MEPs doing some voting and on the EU level, and they actually backed the binding transparency measures that we are all looking forward so much on EU level concerning equal pay. So I would like to know from you, because I know which my favorites are, which are your favorite things in this directive that is going to come sooner or later, but it's going to come definitely. Yeah, so this was the vote out of committee. Um, so now it goes into this additional complex <laughs> process that I don't even know how to explain properly. Um, but there were definitely a couple of highlights and changes to the directive that is actually noteworthy. Um, I think there are two numbers that are interesting, right? So first, they lowered the thresholds for organizations that have to conduct a pay equity study and you know fall under the legislation or the directive, and that threshold was lowered from 250 to 50. So they have kind of moved to smaller uh, businesses. And then there is a um, notion or a language in the directive that states that if there are national regulations that are even go even lower, so we know the Icelandic directive or the Icelandic legislation goes down to 25. Um, so then that kind of supersedes the 50 from the European Union. So that was, mm -hmm. you know, one of the interesting takeaways that now this will apply more broadly. Uh, another super interesting number that got updated was the, I call it the allowable size of the pay gap. So any pay gap within a group of workers in the first um, draft of the directive, it was actually set at 5%. And I always say like 5% a pay gap over a lifetime. I mean, I don't even want to think about how many nice vacations that is, right? So that 5% has actually been... Um, lower to 2.5 percent so now if you cannot explain differences between employees um with objective gender neutral is the language that they use in the directive so if you cannot explain differences with objective gender neutral factors you have to bring those differences down to um 25 2.5 uh, percent okay, yeah. and another interesting uh language and i think this is all in Article 9, if I remember that correctly, I have it written down, so I hope I wrote down the uh, right thing, um, is that within eight years, you actually have to bring it down to zero. So to me, you know, that's something to celebrate for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And I remember, like like you say, with the 5%, I, I'm similar. I always say I, I don't understand the 5, what should that be? But that seems like then that I remember being talking about if you do the universal fair pay check and you've, you've done that, you don't have to be afraid of any legislation coming, which stays true because it's still with the 1% a lot harder. So everybody who, who's actually already sort of on our trip to planet fair is already complying to more than any legislation has, even the EU one when it's there. And still it's really stronger than, than many others out there. I like that. I also like what you said with uh, with the groups. 
you said something about inside groups. So that's not only like the whole gap of the company, it sort of takes the groups in a separate um, angle as well, which is good because some don't even look at that. Or thinking about UK where you just go out with a mean and median and that's like the overall and now you have to, because they have to do analysis. They probably have something in there as well about the, um, I remember the um, making an assessment, making a pay assessment. So um, the, the question is, as we never know exactly when this is going to happen, um, I remember some time ago when I was talking with, um, with Luisa from the Landspitali, she always said one thing which sort of sticked to my mind, which I think everybody out there that is thinking about what am I going to do when this comes um, needs to know. She said that in Iceland, many companies started to do assessments and things in the, started to move in the right direction when they knew this was happening, when they knew legislation was being done or whatever. But the Landspitali started when they had to. And that made them have only like exactly one year time to fulfill everything. And she always said that was it was possible. They did it. And I think they did it very well. But she said it would have been nicer to have had a bit more time and to have started a bit earlier and not sort of at the moment when you have to. And um, looking at what's going to be inside this legislation probably the best advice to anybody out there just get going now as you already know what's going to come yeah i mean i think that's the best advice you can give an anyone and i think it's not just about running the numbers so a part of the transparency directive is also the right of the workers to basic information of how their salaries are determined right so yeah. you know what is the typical salary what are the salary ranges so if you cannot answer those questions today, you have to start the process of being able to answer those yeah. questions. How do we determine pay? And I think then it's also just about having that conversation within the organization about, okay, what is our pay strategy and how are we going to communicate it to our workers? So it's not even just about equal pay and pay equity. It's about this good compensation processes um, and looking at pay equity can help that as well. So I think that's, um, you know, I think companies should at least start thinking about and being aware of that they will have to be able to explain how they arrive at the salary decision uh, for their employees. Yeah. And for yeah, many organizations, that's going to be a huge change um, because often it has been considered a black box, like here's your number, yes. right? Um, yes. But yeah, with this, that's going to change. And it will make life so much easier for both sides, in this case, employer and employees. So um, I think it's just a matter of having the, like we say, the, the, the mood, the, um, the courage to just go this way and sort of think of transparency as something positive. Or like I had it to sort of get this transparent part. It's about, like you just said, you need to understand how you get to that wage. You don't need to know everybody's wage you need to know the way that you get there. And that's um, a very important part on transparency. I think that some employers might still think it's uh, not good for them because they think it's like opening up all the wages, which is not the case. You can still do that if you want to, but that's not the main part of it. And um, focus on knowing why you are paying, what you are paying and uh, making sure everybody knows how that functions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So then maybe... Just one last thought, kind of on that note, when you're talking about 
kind of pay transparency in organizations <clears throat> sorry being afraid of it is that at least some of the uh, people I've talked about, talked to that have been living with pay transparency they actually as an employee they actually find it motivating right because through the transparency they can also learn what they need to do in order to achieve higher salary right so you can yep. use the transparency to actually motivate your employees to do better to learn new skills etc so if you have an employee that wants to do well you know wants to uh, improve this can be a, a good thing so i don't think organizations yep. have to be afraid of paid transparency they just have to be you know just do it right and start early and don't don't yep. think that they can go fully transparent overnight but start building towards it no. Yeah, be courageous and just do it. But I like that one. Be courageous, do it, and actually use it as a motivator for the employees. And that might just turn the right switch in, in the head of those that are still still not there yet. And uh, of talking about still not being there yet, we are there now. We have finished our eight minutes. Yep. <laughs> we are sort of at the end of the coffee cup. And um, yeah, I look forward to carrying on this conversation with you very soon, Margaret. Yep, see you in two weeks. Yo, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.